Hello, and welcome back to the Yes Queen City podcast. I'm Kayla Berenson. And I'm Emily Gallion. And we're your hosts. Thanks so much for joining us again. We hope you got a lot out of last week's episode. Stacy was absolutely amazing, and we loved having her on. I actually ended up doing the Pink Mentor Network Zoom call last Monday and totally recommend it. Um, I definitely am looking forward to attending more and hopefully eventually joining the Pink Mentor Network when all of this craziness is over. Um, So yeah, totally recommend it. Go follow Pink Mentor Network on Instagram or look at their website for more details. So we talked last week about recapping Jason Mesnick's season of The Bachelor, and we were going to start with the first three episodes, but each episode... Emily, you agree with me on this. It felt like it was three hours long to watch. And it was very entertaining and so funny to see like what, how much the show has changed since then, like how no brand deals were at stake and Instagram wasn't really a thing. And just to see how different and more genuine the girls were. And a lot of them were a lot older and I liked that a lot. But to recap the whole season and watch three episodes, it's a lot. So we're not going to do that, but we have next best thing, which is the bachelor. Listen to your heart. Um, series that is coming on. I'm not sure how we are going to feel about it just yet, but we will let you know next week. I believe it premieres on Monday, right? Yeah, I think it's yep. Monday. Cool. Cool. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Wait, Kayla, I have a question. Yeah. Do you think Jason Mesnick is attractive? Oh my God. I talked to my mom about this. I said, I didn't think so. Um, I didn't think he was that hot. Like he took off his shirt at the pool and they were all like, Oh my God. Like, what? And I was like, really? Like (laughs) for this guy? (laughs) Okay. And my mom said she thought he was hot. Okay. I was just wondering, I was watching it and I was like, please don't be offended. But I was like, this guy looks like he's Kayla's type. (laughs) He does. Oh my god, no. What? <laughs> <laughs> Why? You really don't think he looks like your type? You know he's Jewish. That was the next thing I looked up. I was like, "Why do I think this guy might be Kayla's type?" Oh and my god. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well now I know apparently he's not your type. I mean, maybe, <laughs> but I didn't think he was I didn't think he was that attractive when I was watching it. Like he's he's a cute guy he's not unattractive he's not ugly I just was like I don't know this wouldn't be like my cup of tea but maybe who knows okay Okay. well well with that um we're gonna talk about finding your place in a new city specifically finding your place in Charlotte but also it could apply to anywhere um it's not gonna be the friendship episode quite yet how to make friends we definitely want to do that and have our own stories on that topic, but we wanted to kind of just more talk about finding your place and not feeling so lost. So yeah, it's really easy to feel out of place and alone when you move anywhere, including Charlotte. And even though we both really love it now, it definitely, I mean, I felt, we both fell in love with it pretty quickly, but it took some time to actually feel like home. Yeah. So as we mentioned last week, week before, who knows when, I moved to Charlotte for a job after college. So I moved to a brand new city. I had visited a couple times before I moved because I, one of those people that likes to like see things over and over and over again before I can make a decision. Um, but when I moved, 
I was new to the city, obviously just gotten out of college. I had broken up with my college significant other. My family wasn't nearby. I didn't have any friends here. And I'm kind of a person of habit and I like things to feel, I guess maybe the word is stable. So all of those things were new and changing and different and I didn't feel that. So especially um, in times where I wasn't busy or I didn't have anything to do and I was just sitting in my apartment wondering, wow, how did I get here and how is this my life now? I think I definitely felt out of place and just honestly sometimes confused. I was like, well, you know, four months ago, I was in college. I had those same friends for four years. I was on the same campus for four years. And now I have none of those things. So I think for me, that was the big challenge, just the of being in a very familiar environment to being in one that was completely unfamiliar. Yeah, I think that it is hard after college to move to a new place because you're so used to your college routine and then you kind of have to get used to your adult routine. And I was like I've said before, very lucky that I moved here with my family and was able to have that support system. But it was really hard to feel independent. And I did feel kind of lost and out of place because I was navigating living at home while still trying to be independent and be an adult and find my place in a new city while still having my family there and having the obligation and the desire to be with my family and hang out with them, but also wanting to be my own person and and grow and spread my wings and all of that. So I think that was where I struggled a lot. And it didn't really feel like we've talked about this. It didn't feel real. Um, It just felt like I was pretending to be an adult because I was living at home, but I was working. So it just was a very weird thing. And I, a ton of people move back home after college, but it's even weirder to be at home. And while you're all in a new city and we're all kind of trying to navigate where we belong here, Uh, and kind of figuring out where I belong with my family and where I belong as an independent woman in Charlotte. So that was where I struggled a lot. But it did get better. So how did you kind of find your way? How did you find your place? Um, For me, kind of the important thing for me was like being patient with myself in finding my place and finding my people and letting things pan out. You know, I think not that I expected things to happen immediately, but that is how it kind of happens for a lot of people. And it was for me for college, you know, you go, everyone is new. You're in like close quarters with all of these people. You're doing the same thing. You're having a very similar experience. So I kind of expected it to be the same, but for me in Charlotte, when I moved here, it was definitely not the same. Um, So if I were to do it over again, I think I would want to focus a little more on giving myself the opportunities to find that community, to find friends without the pressure of, okay, you've been here two weeks. Why don't you have any friends? Or why don't you have plans every night? So I think for me, a lot of that pressure is what made it really stressful. So I think I met Kayla. I mean, when did we meet? A couple weeks after we had moved to Charlotte, I think. Yeah, I think I had been here for like three weeks and you were, you had moved here like shortly after. Yeah, so not very long. So I did, I was lucky to find Kayla as a friend and a couple other friends from Bumble BFF. I also had a little stint where (laughs) I tried online dating, not really so much to find someone to date, but more so just as a 
um, I might as well meet people and, you know, maybe if they're great, then they'll be great. But if they're not, then at least I had the opportunity to meet people where I wouldn't have had otherwise. But my online dating phase or whatever that was, was pretty short lived. So now I live vicariously through Kayla's dating adventures <laughs> and right now through Kayla's quarantine dating adventures. Yeah, I have no updates on that. But as for how I found <laughs> how I found my place, I think it was really important for me to find a place where I felt a sense of belonging. So I really sought out people and places that felt like home. So for me, I'm Jewish and I I looked for a community of Jewish young adults in Charlotte and I found that and those people have been really great. Um, and it's just like a good way to stay connected and a good way to feel a sense of belonging because we all have that one thing in common. And another place where I felt a sense of belonging was at cycle bars and just being with people who were excited about working out and were motivated and just energetic. And I had that community there that was really helpful as well. And I think that it, it really comes down to being persistent in seeking out those opportunities like what Emily said, you don't have to do it right away. You don't have to have friends within your first two weeks of moving, but making the effort to seek out community and seek out the places that find like home made such a difference in my experience personally. How do you feel like your adjustment with living at home is going? Yeah, I think that it's it's been good. And I think it's just been a conversation I've had to have with my family of like, I love you and I want to go to as many things as I can, but I also want to experience life and be an adult in Charlotte and go out to bars and breweries. And while I would still love to go to Shabbat dinner every single week, it's not a commitment that I can make every single week. And I had to like be okay with that. And they were very okay with that. They understood completely. And I think it was more of a sense of my guilt and my personal, my feeling of obligation to them. The one thing that has been an adjustment in that sense of me being an independent adult is coming home after a night out and having to speak to my family as if I am not intoxicated. But it's something that I have now worked on and sometimes they can tell and sometimes they can't. So you never know what you're going to get. <laughs> Important skills to learn. So I told someone about that and they were like, yeah, I used to give Oscar worthy performances. And I'm like, mm, maybe not my, maybe mine aren't so Oscar worthy, but they're believable enough. Um, so that's, <laughs> Just tell yourself that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's an adjustment. I feel like moms know more than we, than we give them credit for. Yeah. 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 I think sometimes they like to just pretend like they don't know. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I would I feel like. I, I'm not dealing with this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, overall it has been great. I would love to move out when I can afford to, but I'm very lucky and very fortunate that I have a super strong relationship with my mom and my sister and they've made this, the whole like living at home thing, very smooth for the most part. Good. Good. So yeah, those are our stories and we really hope that this podcast and the whole reason we created this podcast was so that you don't feel alone and kind of know that we're all going through this and I, I don't know if everyone feels the same way when they move to Charlotte, but the fact that I felt it and Emily felt it really does say something. We really hope this podcast is a way that you can feel a sense of belonging when you move here, whether you're new or you've been here for a while.
All right, so our guest for this episode is Samantha Rosenfeld. She is a freelance writer who moved to Charlotte six years ago, and she found her place in the city very quickly. So we talked to her about how she got started with freelancing, her advice for freelancers, and more on that. So here is Samantha. Please enjoy. Okay, so we're here via Zoom call with Samantha Rosenfeld. She is a freelance writer in Charlotte. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thank you guys so much for having me. I'm very excited. Um, Samantha was one of the was the first person who like responded to my post about the podcast on the Girl Boss Network and just made me feel so empowered and motivated to get this started. So I'm just grateful for you and grateful that we finally got the chance to meet. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. No, I've loved what you guys have done so far. I'm a huge fan of your show and I love the fact that like Charlotte gets to be part of everybody else's world because of a podcast like this um because charlotte's such a special place definitely and speaking of how special charlotte is um <laughs> we're gonna try something new before this interview we asked you to come up with a few of your charlotte favorites we talked about ours on the first episode so i'll give the floor to you and you can kind of talk about your favorites yeah absolutely so i live over towards the noda area so i feel like i'm very heavily influenced by the fact that I spend majority of my time over in that area. Um, so I will say that Optimist Hall has been one of my favorite additions to Charlotte in, you know, recent months even. I feel like it's been there for forever, but it did just start a couple months ago. But if I don't know what to do with myself, whether it's like trying to get some work done or to go grab a drink with somebody or have meetings, um, that's one of my favorite places to go because you literally can't not find something to do between the restaurants that they have in there. There's a new brewery. Um, yeah, the aesthetic is beautiful. I really enjoy it. <laughs> um, beyond that, I mean, the hobbyist is my go-to for coffee. I love that place so much. Their coffee is delicious and their service is wonderful. Um, and then I spend a lot of time in the Jack Beagle, Stew's Barrel House, and Billy Jack Shack area. They're kind of all across from each other in the Noda area. And every single one, um, man, even if I miss a couple of months ago in there, people treat you like you're regulars and are like very welcoming. And so I absolutely love it. Cool. Awesome. Well, thank you for preparing that and, you know, sharing that. Um, but yeah, so you're a freelance writer. So we had some questions about that. So Emily, you want to take it away? Yeah. So just to kind of get it started, um, could you tell us a little bit about your background and what brought you to Charlotte? Yeah, absolutely. So I am born and raised in New Jersey. Um, and I went to school in at a little university right outside of the Philadelphia area. And while I was there, uh, I got to practice writing a little bit. I worked for the academic newspaper and I've kind of always felt passionate about the written word. Um, and I, I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. I guess I still don't. I don't know that I ever will, but I had the opportunity to start traveling while I was in college. Um, and so I spent a significant portion of time over in Asia working with a couple of different organizations that helped individuals who, you know, were trying to find new occupations. Um, I worked in a uh, disabled children's orphanage for a few months in India. I had some really amazing opportunities to meet and try things that were really outside of my comfort zone and really scared me. And so when I ended up going back for my junior year of college, I switched my major to anthropology. 
And so I spent the last two years of study really doing a lot of research and understanding, um, you know, why we look at things so skewed through our own, you know, viewpoint of where we were born and raised and how to kind of introduce the world to other cultures and the beauty of other cultures. Um, and I think, you know, going from there, I always thought like National Geographic is where I want to work. You know, that's the place, that's the end goal. And it still absolutely is. I think they do a phenomenal job of educating the rest of the world about what's going on in different cultures. Um, but I kind of obviously couldn't hop right from college into a role with them. So after a couple of months after graduation, not really knowing what to do, my significant other and I packed up our cars, um, put our dog in the car, uh, took all of our belongings and literally just drove south. And we stopped in the Charlotte area, had no connections. I had actually never been to Charlotte before and said essentially, you know, let's try to see if we can make this work. Let's try to find somewhere to live and some jobs. And if it works, great. If not, we'll either continue on or we'll head back home. Um, and within about two and a half weeks, we had found a place to live. We had both found jobs. Uh, and we've been here for almost six years now and absolutely love it. It was one of the best choices we've ever made. And, um, you know, the Charlotte really feels like home. And I feel like we have made it our home in a really opportune time. There's so much growth and there's so much that can happen here that, you know, where I grew up, I, at this age, I couldn't afford a backyard for my dog. Um, and so living down here has been really awesome because I'm able to have something like that um, and a community that absolutely loves and supports anyone who is willing to invest in it. Cool. We're glad to hear that you love Charlotte so much. I yes. think we do too. Um, so kind of from that, how did you decide to become a freelancer? Did you do it right out of college? And I guess, what's your favorite kind of freelance work that you do now? Yeah. So right out of college, I had the opportunity to work for a recruiting firm uh, down here in the Charlotte area. And I didn't really know what recruiters did, but the, the role was a research role. So I essentially would source candidates for the recruiter to reach out to, to connect to potential jobs. And while I was doing that, I realized that there was a big gap with the organization I was working for where they didn't have an online presence. They had a website, but that was basically it. So um, at the time, it was a small enough organization that I was able to go to the owner of it and say, would you be willing to potentially invest in a marketing program? And if so, would I be able to lead that? Um, and he did give me the opportunity to do that. And so from there, I kind of started to teach myself how to be a marketer, how to, um, you know, explore SEO and social media and kind of go into taking my first love, which is writing and creating an entire marketing plan out of that. Um, and from there, I spent probably close to about five and a half years just in marketing. Um, and I found that even though I was working for some amazing international organizations and helping them build their marketing departments and their strategies that I was getting further and further away from writing, which is, I didn't realize it at the time. Um, Cause I thought, you know, I, well, I'm doing social media, essentially I'm writing captions and you know, that sort of thing, but it wasn't the same. It wasn't ever me being able to tell a story. And so uh, last year, while I was kind of looking at my options, I realized if I was ever going to do something on my own, Charlotte is the place I would want to do that. Um, I have some amazing connections here. 
Um, I know you guys recently interviewed Stacey Cassio, and she actually was instrumental in giving me the opportunity to have a platform to say and to dream, what if, what if I were to leave my corporate role and do this on my own? And I remember like the day that I decided and I announced it to the Pink Mentor Network group, the response that I got was phenomenal. And people were able to like easily direct me to opportunities. And I have, you know, good connections where I can gain some insight into things from other people who've been there and done that. So I really, I would not have been able to do it without Stacey Cassio and the Pink Mentor Network. I totally maintain that today. Um, and so from there, uh, you know, over the past few months, I've, I've gone from, you know, I know what I need to know about digital marketing, but how do I now turn that into you know, not just content, but content that actually tells a story and creates a huge impact for an organization. So right now I work with a lot of small businesses who are not able to invest in a full marketing department themselves. And I help them kind of put together a strategy. And then if they'd like, I can execute it for them. But uh, in recent months, I have had the opportunity to start working with a lot of digital publications. And that is definitely where my passion lies. Um, I love storytelling. I love highlighting organizations who are doing amazing things in the Charlotte community specifically, and just bringing a light to um, something that gives people an opportunity to discuss things. Um, you know, I always say there's success where you not only tell a story, but that story then gets told to a friend who tells it to a friend. And, you know, it kind of goes from there and creates a bigger conversation. So I'd say out of everything that I do, that is definitely where my passion lies. Awesome. So <clears throat> I know that Stacy kind of gave you that platform and that's amazing. So how did you know that freelancing was going to be the right option for you? And what kind of questions should people ask themselves if they're considering freelancing, whether that's writing or doing whatever? Yeah. So I think the number one thing for me was understanding if there was a market for it. Um, I had kind of done things on the side for a while. And I almost was, I didn't realize it at the time, but was doing market research to see, do people have a need for me? And if so, what would my services and offerings need to look like? Um, I think that there are some situations where people are forced into freelance just based off of the economy, losing jobs. That's fine. Um, I think if you are able to at least pull together what you want to do and then verbalize what that offering is to a variety of people and see what the overall response is. Over time, you kind of find that you're honing your craft essentially and your sales pitch and you're seeing where it sticks. I will also say that for me, um, I needed to feel comfortable with making the jump, not so much financially as mentally. Um, I love, I love corporate because there's a lot of uh, recognition that you get with your title and whatever it is that you're doing. And for me, that was the hardest part for me to leave was feeling like I was doing something within an organization. And now as a freelance writer, sometimes I think back to when, before I became a freelance writer that um, I really, it, it's such a broad term. I didn't know what people did. Um, but that is also part of the charm of it was that I was able to say, you know, every day when I wake up, I might have a different project that I'm working on and it never gets boring because I am allowing myself to be that broad. Uh, one day I will probably start to pare down what it is that I'm doing to, you know, be specific to either an industry or a certain type of work when it comes to writing. 
Um, but I think it's important for people to try a little bit of everything in the beginning stages, see what you like, have a couple of situations where you, you fail. It's really important to have failure in this. Um, and then kind of grow and, and, you know, that hot word right now is pivot, but it's true. You really do need to be flexible enough to pivot um, whatever it is that you're offering and be okay with that rejection and, and keep yourself motivated even when somebody externally might not be giving you the praise that you're looking for or you're not making the money that you thought you'd be making. It's, it really is about waking up every single day and loving what you get to do. So you talk about rejection. Would you say that's the biggest challenge in terms of freelancing or are there, is there another like biggest challenge for you? I think rejection is definitely a part of it. Um, I'm sure that I have a lot more of that coming in my future. It's just part of the game. But I, I think for me, um, the self-motivation has been the hardest part. If you know that you're not a self-motivated individual, freelancing is going to be extraordinarily hard. Um, there are a lot of times where I have to set my own deadlines for people. I have to remind myself there are certain people I need to check up on or projects that if I didn't move them forward, they would never move forward. So if you struggle with that, um, I will say that will be the hardest part. Um, I, I've seen it, especially within the last few weeks of the way that the world is going and everything's happening. There are some days where I wake up and I don't have that same motivation that I did before. And I have to be gracious with myself about that. Um, we're all kind of going through things that are draining emotionally and it's okay to kind of step back to take your time and refocus when time allows for that. So I think it's a mixture of rejection and motivation that, that may be the most difficult part of this journey for me. Okay. So then on the flip side of that, what would you say is the best part about freelancing? For me, the best part is getting to try something new. Um, there is no cap on my creativity in a lot of ways. Of course, when it comes to certain projects or certain publications, there are boundaries and guidelines. Um, but there are some times where I go into a situation thinking that, oh, you know, we're going to produce this type of content across this many weeks. This is the focus of it. And by the end of the project, it, it literally has been a, a complete 360. We're doing something else. There's now a webinar included in, you know, other things. And to see the excitement and uh, the progress that's being made, for me, that's such that's a win right there. Like there's nothing else that beats that for me is um, seeing a small business owner succeed in what they're doing and know that I had a part in that is massively rewarding. That's awesome. Um, so you work with a lot of small businesses, other companies, and you have to pitch yourself to them essentially. So how do you develop the confidence in your work and your abilities to be able to pitch that to other people and say, I'm the right person for this job and I'm going to get it done? So I think rejection has taught me what, how to disqualify myself from certain situations. And by doing that and seeing the places where I have succeeded, I now can clearly in my mind define this is the type of client that I work really well with as far as personality, business model, industry. This is where I can succeed. And so I feel really confident when I go into those conversations, but I feel equally as confident to disqualify myself from conversations where somebody says, 
hey, I have this need, I'm in this industry, and already we're, as we're starting to talk, I'm realizing that even their personality fit isn't going to work long-term. And being able to say, hey, I don't think I'm the right person for this role, but I know somebody who absolutely is, I'd love to connect you to, or you know, this is a resource where I think you might be able to do this yourself, save yourself some money. Um, I love that I'm able to, it's not just a, let's say yes to everything. The confidence comes when you're able to say, no to things and when you're able to say like i can definitively say that it would be a bad decision for us to work together versus this is where we're going to succeed this is where we get to have fun together and really see something that works awesome i think that's super valuable um so just coming into like some of our last questions here what's the number one piece of advice you have for someone who is considering freelancing above all else what's like the one thing they should know so the first and most important thing that you should know is who is going to support you emotionally during your entrepreneurial journey. Um, the it's right now I feel like I'm in a really great place, but honestly, the, it, when I first started, there was like this high of like, oh, I'm so excited! This is this is awesome! I have all these opportunities! I'm making all these meetings, and then shortly after, probably about two or three months in. I hit this point where I didn't want to do it anymore. And I, nobody could console me. I was like just tired of doing everything and I was exhausted and I felt like, oh, I should just go back to corporate. And, and it took, I don't even know what it was that got me through that, but from everybody else that I've spoken to who is on an entrepreneurial journey, they have the exact same experience. There comes points where you literally just can't do it. And you, you know, mentally are blocking yourself from being successful. So to have someone, a mentor, a sponsor, a, a partner, somebody who is able to look at you and say, I hear you, you know, your feelings are really valid right now, but also look at how exciting this is. Look at what the future is going to hold. Somebody who's going to believe for you when you don't believe is so incredibly important for something like this. So I would definitely encourage anyone who is thinking about taking this journey to in, invest their time with somebody that they love and trust to be able to, to have as a, a support during this. Awesome, thank you. Um, so that was all the questions that we had prepared, but I just wanted to give the opportunity for you to say anything else that you wanted to say and give any other things that we may not have touched on, if anything. I think I would just say, um, if somebody is considering doing either freelance or starting their own small business or doing something that doesn't fit the typical cookie cutter, having a job, you know, 40 hours a week, if you decide to do that, ask questions to other people that you um, either admire in the community or that you're seeing doing some really cool things. It's such a honor. Um, I've had a lot of people reach out and contact me, even though I'm so new into doing this, who have said, you know, essentially, can you walk me through what you did? What was your formula for success? Here are some questions I have. And I love nothing more than sharing that with them because thanks to Stacey Cassio and the Pink Mentor Network, I had that opportunity to do that with people. And I really needed a couple of months of doing that and kind of saying the words out loud about doing freelance and and stepping outside of the typical job model to actually have it concretely happen for me so i definitely think it's important 
to ask your questions. There are no stupid questions in any of this. Amazing. Well, thank you so much. I mean, I know as a writer, I definitely got a lot out of that. And I think anyone who's creative or just has a passion that they think they may want to pursue as a freelance opportunity in the future will definitely get a lot out of this. If someone wants to see a little bit of your work or hear a little more about your experience with freelancing, um, where can they find you on social media or a website or how do you prefer to be contacted? Yeah, absolutely. So everything's kind of linked through my website. So it's probably the easiest to find me. So samantharosenfeld.com, nice and easy. And if anybody has questions um, or is thinking about taking this jump and wants to ask some really specialized questions, they can feel free to contact me at info at samantharosenfeld.com. Okay, amazing. Well, thank you so, so, so much, Samantha. We really, really appreciate it. Yes, thank you guys both so much too. I know a lot of work and time goes into creating a podcast, so I'm super honored that you invited me to be on it. Thank you so much for listening. Please make sure to follow us on Instagram at Yas Queen City Podcast. That's Y-A-S Queen City Podcast. We also would love if you would give us a rating on Apple Podcasts, a review, subscribe, take a screenshot, share on your Instagram story and tag us, share it with your friends who might like it, who might want to listen. If you're trying to convince your friends to move to Charlotte, this is a great way to do that um, because I'm trying to convince every single person I know to move here. So yeah, we love you. Thank you for listening and we will see you next time. Bye queens. Bye.